the Twinkie Chronicles podcast. This is your host, uh, Kathy Garrett, and I'm here with Miss Sarah Penitzer. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to have Sarah uh, on the show today. Uh, I can't remember when we connected on Instagram. Do you remember? I don't know. I mean, it's been at, at least a year, maybe two. Yeah, I'd say at least a year. Um, uh, we connected on Instagram because mm-hmm. we're both AFE survivors or amniotic fluid embolism survivors. So, Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm so excited. I me too. About our story and everything that happened. It's just very passionate to me to get our stories out there and spread awareness on this, but um, I digress. (laughs) Um, So, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm from Pennsylvania. I live there uh, here in Pennsylvania with my husband, Matt, and our son, Aaron. We've been married for six years and together for um, a little over 11. It's just crazy to me how time flies. Um, Our little Aaron, not little anymore, is four, and he's truly our whole world. He was born in October 2017, and that's when I had my AFE. We're currently in the process of starting our farm, which has always been my dream, and I'm just so excited that we're finally getting to do this. We have chickens now and planning on getting milk goats in the spring, and then, but we plan to do the the whole thing, cows, horses, everything. Um, we're big outdoors people, hunting, fishing, camping, and we're definitely happiest when we're outside. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom, but I have been selling Young Living Essential Oils for five years now. Um, truly the best. Maybe I'm biased, but um, I really enjoy it, and I'm so grateful what it's done um, for our family financially and allowing me to stay home with Aaron, and it helped me so much with my AFE recovery. Like tenfold so but yeah that's me pretty much it pretty simple (laughs) (laughs) that sounds amazing though it is um I don't know if I've shared with you I was an avid horseback rider I started horseback riding when I was 10 and um I've always tossed around the idea of opening a farm and my husband's like absolutely not like he is a city guy through and through he's like I am not cleaning stalls none of it I mean he's at least supportive and says you know if that's really what you want we'll do it but yeah no it's it's always been my dream we um actually live on old family property and you know 70 years ago it was a dairy farm so it's possible we could do it again but we're we're probably just going to keep it like hobby farm you know just like a couple animals not like a herd of cows out in the front yard so that's amazing yeah. Uh, so what do you love about yourself post-children? Uh, that's a hard one. That's really a hard question. And um, if I had to narrow it down to one thing, because I do feel that you change just so much as you become a mom, mm-hmm. and maybe not in all the ways that you love. But if there is one thing that I am appreciative of, post-children it would be that it has forced me to slow down I'm always rushing and not necessarily in a in a bad sense of rushing but I am just always like my brain is always what's next let's do this 
you know, has a million different browsers open. Um, but now since I've had Aaron, I can see that time is just fleeting. Like growing up, people always would say to you and like, how annoying would it be in high school when like your grandparents would be like, oh, just enjoy it now. Time flies. And you were like, whatever, like, can I just be done with high school already? You know, we were always like hoping for the next thing. And even when I was like newly married, you know, we were like, oh, we can't wait to have kids. We can't wait to do this. Like you were always hoping for what's next. And you didn't realize how time fast, how fast time was going. But then you have a baby and you blink and they're a toddler. And I'm not there yet, but I know if I blink one more time, he's gonna be 18. Like it has showed me that you need to sit down and you need to look at him and you need to soak every moment in and not let a moment pass you by. So that's probably, it's just forced me to slow down. And I think that's a good thing. I agree. I'm the same way. I constantly have the to-do list going on in my mind and I like, wait a second. No, like I write, I literally write on my to-do list, play with the girls or read a book or cause if I don't like my, I'm constantly thinking about the two lists. So I'm the same way. I totally get that. Um, why do you think that there's a big stigma around moms asking for help postpartum or dads too? Oh, totally. And, you know, the poor dads, they kind of get, um, they get put on the back burner even worse than the moms do sometimes, I think. Um, this is a heavy question. <laughs> uh, honestly, because I feel like women are just supposed to get over it. Like, just like with everything, in so many ways, we are just supposed to be okay with the way things are. And if you stand up for yourself, for yourself or your family, you're a new, you know what? If you cause any sort of ruckus, you're gonna get called names. And I mean, who wants that? It's like, don't don't speak out, don't make a scene, just do what you need to do. And I just think that's ridiculous. But yet us as mothers are the ones managing it all, but we're not allowed to have a breakdown. Why? And then I also think the mental the mentality of women have been having babies since the beginning of time. Why now is there an issue? Well, I'll tell you why now there's an issue. Things are so different now than they were even 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. We have social media constantly in our face. And yes, I know it's a choice to have social media, but there are some nice things about social media. You and I would have never met if we didn't have social media, you know? Exactly but it does have a toxic side. The comparing game is very strong. And on social media, people just post their highlight reel. So if you're sitting at home struggling as a new mom and you open up your Instagram and you see this beautiful mom laying in a hospital bed with her perfect robe on and her hair done and her makeup done, holding a beautiful newborn, that's triggering. That's, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I haven't even showered in seven days. Oh my, my baby won't stop crying. The other thing is, it's so different. More than not, women work now. <laughs> women have to go back to work if they're lucky in six weeks. Sometimes it's less. 
You mean to tell me we're not allowed to be sad we have to leave our baby? You mean to tell me we're not allowed to put all that together, managing it all, trying to be the perfect mom, social media, going back to work, breastfeeding is hard. If you're not breastfeeding and you're doing formula, then you have to worry about what people are saying about that because it's such a crazy world and we can't just mom. So I feel like they don't want to ask for help because it's, we're supposed to be okay. And then I, I could seriously go on and on, but I'll just say one more thing about this. <laughs> um, the other thing I think is, and I think some of this comes from me being a labor and delivery nurse and like seeing this happen a little bit. I think a lot of women don't want to ask for help because if you say you're struggling, is someone going to take your baby? Mm. Are you going to be labeled a bad mom? Is someone going to think you're unfit to be a mother? Like, you know, if you've ever had like, if you struggle with mental health or if you've ever had like a super just anxiety ridden day, your brain is powerful. It tells you the worst things you want to hear. So if you're already struggling, you're laying there with this newborn baby, having all these horrible thoughts and you're like, okay, well, I'll ask for help and tell them what's going on. But I'm sh your brain's going to tell you what, oh, but they might take your baby. Like, they might see you that, that you can't do this. And then for dads, I feel like a lot of times they just kind of get forgotten in the scene. Like it's all just so backwards. Like, and it, I think it depends on the guy a lot too, but like I know my husband and with our AFE, like the focus was on me, which I mean, rightfully so, but at the same time there, he was sitting in the corner of a hospital room, watching his wife go through everything possible, everything horribly possible, not able to do a thing. And I just feel like sometimes the husbands get forgotten, at least, at least the good husbands. I, that might sound like awful, but I, I feel like the good husbands get forgotten. Because, you know, they do. They just take a step back and kind of just let things happen. You know, like, I mean that in a good way. Like, they're not going <coughs> to intervene. They're going to let you do your mom thing. You know what I mean? They're going to support you. They're not going to, like, try and stop you. They kind of just, like, let you take the spotlight for a little bit. But I think it's so important. Like, I was just talking to a friend the other day about... Having kids changes your marriage, whether you want to admit it or not. You go from being husband and wife to almost 99% of the time, mom and dad. A lot of times there's no more time for husband and wife. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. That's really hard. And it probably takes a good year to get it figured out, I would say for most people. I don't know, just talking to like, about myself and my in my friends group like we talk about this like it takes a good solid year to get your footing on how to balance being mom and dad and husband and wife sometimes longer i can honestly say matt and i had a rough two years 
And then probably last last year around this time, we finally were like, okay, we got to do something here because there's no husband and wife anywhere. We have mom and dad, we have Matt and Sarah, but there's no husband and wife anywhere in this picture. You have to learn how to juggle roles. And that's another hard thing to add to the list of being a mom, you know? Yes. There's a lot. And I think the whole system is a little bit backwards. And I think the biggest thing is the stigma around, well, women have been doing this forever. Just deal with it. So, sorry, I I rambled a little bit. (laughs) Oh, no, you're fine. (laughs) I think also, um, I recently met someone from China. And they said in China, their mothers take a full year off or two. And I know there's a big uproar about uh, maternity leave and paternity leave in the United States right now. And it's just so interesting to me. After my first, I went back to work at seven weeks. And that was, at the time, I was a nanny. So I was very blessed to be able to bring my baby to work with me. But I was supposed to go back to work at six weeks, but my nanny child got sick, so we pushed it back another week. And even just physically, especially recovering from not only a C-section, but having delayed, like a delayed labor, um, and then I had a uterine infection after that. Like, so my body was just so exhausted and going back to work and taking care of a newborn and then uh, my nanny child at the time was 11 months old so taking care of a toddler and a newborn like I only did that you know 8 to 4 30 so I can't imagine being a new mom of two trying to do that 24 7 or you know whatever the schedule is at home and it just I just remember after that experience and we got pregnant with my second or no, it was actually before we got pregnant, like a couple months after I had my first, I told my husband, I was like, if I'm still working and we have a second, I'm taking the full 12 weeks. I don't care. I was like, I need that. And I think every single mom should at least be entitled to that, if not more. Because especially if you have a a, a traumatic delivery or a C-section or a tear or you know whatever happens, you're gonna need more time. And that's just the thing. We all need more time, not only for our mental health, but our physical health physical as well. Health. I mean, a C-section is a surgery. You have any other surgery, you're getting six weeks off of work, okay? A, a C-section comes with a lot more than just a scar. Like you have the baby, you have nursing, you mm-hmm. have... And a C-section is a major surgery. The only one that cuts through seven layers of skin and you're expected to get up and walk the next day. We need to stop downplaying motherhood because it's been being done forever. Yeah, it's been being done forever. Gosh, forever and ever and ever and ever. But the world is not the same. Mm-hmm. No, unless you are blessed to be a stay-at-home mom, and even then it's not always the case, you can't rest. You can't lay in bed and enjoy those first three weeks with the baby and let your body recover. You can't. 
Not in today's world. It's almost impossible. It's just, I agree. It's just crazy. It truly is. Uh, so, what like what has this experience been like for you asking for help? Um, I have always been a person. I'm an Enneagram eight, if anybody knows what that means in any sense. But if you do, you'll understand what I'm saying. But like, I'm not afraid to say what I need. So it was kind of easy for me. And um, luckily, my family has kind of the same mentality as me of like, motherhood comes first. Um, My situation was so different, though. It wasn't normal postpartum by any means, um, nothing like I expected. That AFE threw in a wrench that I never expected. And I mean, I was a labor and delivery nurse during my pregnancy and my birth. I delivered at the hospital I worked at. I wasn't naive. I knew stuff could go wrong. I knew not all births were simple. I knew that it was rare that a woman came in and pushed three times and her baby came out. Like that wasn't the norm. It happened, but it wasn't the norm. Um, But I never thought I'd basically die. I mean, come on, who who even expects that? Um, We're four years out now and I finally feel like I've come up for air. I'm finally starting to feel acceptance and peace towards everything. But asking for help along the way, I mean, looking back, nothing like jumps out at me as you should have, you needed more help at this time. (laughs) Sorry, excuse me. Um, If you ask my mom and my husband, they would tell you that I didn't ask for help enough. They were constantly on me like, let me do that. Let me do that, you know, but I wanted to feel human. I wanted to I wanted to do this. I mean, it was my baby. Um, And then the only other time I would think maybe I didn't ask for help was when I went back to work. I went back to work six months after I had Aaron when I was finally cleared physically because I had my AFE in October. um, Went home in a week. But then I just kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker and fevers. Um, From October 8th, when I went in, till January, oh, I always get this date wrong. I think it's January 11th. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. I spent a total of 18 days at home. Wow. All of those other days were spent in the hospital just because I kept getting sicker and they couldn't figure out what was happening. Well, what was happening was my uterus was dying and then eventually it prolapsed. So, but anyways, that doesn't have anything to do with what you asked me, but um, asking for help when I went back to work six months later, I pushed through really hard things because I went back to work where my AFE happened. So going in labor room two, which is where it all went down, um, was hard for me. And for a while, the girls at work would like, you know, hey, 
I'll take that one, you take the next, you know. But anytime an emergency C-section was called and it was, and I would have to go into the OR, like I, would, I can remember I would literally stand at the door, put my hands because they were like push doors, you know. I would get ready to push the doors open. And before I would push the doors open, I would like take this deep breath and be like, it's not you on the table, Sarah. It's not you on the table, Sarah. And then I'd go in, but like, I'd have to work. I mean, it wasn't like I just stand there and, you know, um, so I, there were a lot of times at work, I didn't ask for help because I was afraid of asking for help, but that wasn't necessarily motherhood. I think that was more mental health, PTSD, me dealing, you know, but four years later, we're doing a little bit better. Um, I'm now in this weird shift of coming to terms with having an only child. Um, we were in the adoption process, um, but we decided to um, not continue that story for another time. But I'm having to let go of yet another part that I thought I would have. And I think letting go of what you thought your life would look like is the hardest part. Absolutely. I mean, how do you let that go? How do you ask for help with that? And I mean, therapy, um, my oils, my faith, my friends and family have all been lifesavers. But, you know, like I said before, that brain is a powerful thing. Sorry, my dogs are barking. Um, but I will say it's just crazy because as soon as we put the adoption down, so much became crystal clear. Hey. And um, my therapist told me, and this, this what she said has stuck with me for so long. I have it written down on so many things, but... Sometimes you have to pick things up in order to know to put them down. And I was like, wow, like that's just perfect. That's just perfect. So, so it's been kind of waves. I think asking for help in the beginning was easier in a sense, but also I wanted to do it all myself. But then going back to work, asking for help was hard. And then now it's just asking for help. Like, hey, I'm having a hard day today. Can you help? But that's hard because a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, I'm four years out. Okay. Yeah, it was four years ago. Yeah, we're both here and healthy. Yeah, life looks good now. But it's still there. That trauma never goes away. And you can do all the work you want on it, but there's still going to be hard days. So... I don't know. Sometimes I don't think I'm the best at asking for help in that aspect. I just like push through. But is that just being a mom? Is that just being a strong-willed, stubborn person? <laughs> like, I don't know. So, yeah. I think also um, I thought it was interesting when you were talking about um, having hard days even four years out. And I think that that is even – quote unquote normal, even in motherhood. And too many people don't realize, um, don't realize that it's normal to have a hard day in parenthood and that we should be, uh, helping our neighbors, you know, um, 
Recently, our pastor went out of town, and so my husband texts his wife and is like, hey, can we bring you dinner? Because they have four children, um, and I mean, they're, they have a beautiful family, but I think any mom, when their husband yes. or any um, uh, person, when their spouse goes out of town, they, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot to kind of get through yes. that day, and even... Um, Monday I had a small procedure at the hospital and my husband or earlier this week and my husband, um, I just saw the stress on his face and like, I could not get up and help him. Like I was in so much pain. Um, and yeah, my heart just truly broke for him that I couldn't get up and help him. But you know, he is that person who just pushes through and I'm very grateful for that. But sometimes I do wish I was able to help him more than I am. Oh, for sure. And um, you don't realize sometimes how much, because my husband goes out of town frequently, Mm. and um, you don't realize sometimes how much they do until they're gone. And like, maybe it is just say, like, you know, them taking one of the potty breaks, you know, like with our son, you know, but it's like, you don't realize how nice it is to have that extra help. Even if it is just a little bit of help, the daily routine, it's nice to have. Absolutely. Well, Sarah, that's all the time we have for today, but I so appreciate you being on the podcast. We'll definitely have you back again to talk a little bit more about your story. If you're up for that. Please, absolutely. I would love that. Um, But thank you all for listening to the Twinkie Chronicles podcast, where two twins are shedding light on the childbearing years. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.